0: This is Chris Evans, and I'm here with another Data Unpacked podcast. Today, I'm joined by two guests from Commvault. I've got David and Indu, who would like to go first introduce to introduce themselves. David, how about you or Indu, whichever you prefer.
1: Hi, this is uh, Indu Peripotla. I'm uh, VP Product Management at uh, Commvault focusing on Metallic uh, or SaaS business unit. And uh, I'm David Noh. Uh,
2: I am CTO for Metallic at Commvault. Thanks very much for having us today, Chris.
0: Oh you're welcome and you've been you've been um a regular guest david actually over the years
2: uh happy to be back thank you for uh for having me back
0: fantastic okay, so let's set some background as to where this conversation came from and uh, it was actually a tech field date sometime last year. I think it was sort of towards i'm guessing it was towards the early part of twenty twenty two uh and it was it was one where you presented and talked through. The metallic platform which obviously has been quite a focus for the company over the last few years the interesting thing for me was that you talked a lot about the security aspects and by that i mean not necessarily the user security of logging into the platform but all of the back-end stuff that you have to do to ensure that you're protecting customers data that you're implementing the right standards and everything else that goes with that i thought this would make a really interesting topic for a podcast because People will probably be surprised by the level of detail that has to go into the background for this so we're going to talk about that today and we're going to talk about what it really means to deliver SAS in a secure way especially if you're a data protection company where a you should be good at it in the first place b) you know it's pretty core cool to people's business to make sure that you don't lose their data so why don't we start off with a little bit of background about metallic for those who haven't heard about it before David and just you know go into the fact that this is a SaaS solution rather than you know other ways of implementing the technology?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, Commvault's been a leader in the data management space for a very long time. Um, I've been at Commvault almost 25 years now, hard, hard to believe. And over that time, we've built a ton of great technology. We know what best practices are. We understand enterprise requirements around performance and scalability and security. And what we've done is we've taken that knowledge and the technology and We've built a cloud-native service called Metallic, which allows our customers uh, to leverage that technology for data protection, uh, kind of in the in the modern infrastructure world, right? That spans on-premises, not only different localities or, or locations, but also uh, environments like on-premises and cloud, and even multi-cloud. And when we talk about cloud, it's not only infrastructure providers, but also SaaS applications, things like. You know, m365 and salesforce and dynamics 365 and so these things are really creating silos of data and in order to be able to manage that data in all of these places with a view towards kind of modern threats right customers are, are less worried about things like data center disaster right that's it's what we used to talk about all the time disaster means something different now it means things like ransomware attacks and other malware attacks it means Malicious insiders. It means compromised uh, privileged credentials. It means supply chain attacks, and so all of these factors together really make a, a data management as a service offering uh, very interesting right now, right? For for a number of reasons, which I'm sure we'll go into in more detail. But you know that that ease of deployment, the ability to handle all of these platforms and data locations. And the inherent security that such a service provides through things like uh, that virtual air gap have all been, you know, top of mind for the companies that we talk to. Indu, do you have any any thoughts, that
1: Yeah, so uh, you you hit all the right points there, Dave. The other things I would touch on was we're we're helping customers on their cloud journey as they are trying to adopt SaaS as. You know, especially post the pandemic, you know, we've seen an acceleration in adopting SaaS platforms, especially for SaaS workloads. And this is where Metallic comes in with that uh, lower TCO uh, in terms of being able to help customers get deployed and onboarded in a very fast period of time and getting them that ROI that they're looking for in helping them protect their data.
0: I just, from my perspective, you know, if I treat myself as the end user here rather than the vendor, I look at it and think the SaaS solution seems like such a good way of doing things because I may well have distributed technology across many different locations. And we know that people tend to not back up their SaaS solutions or not necessarily be aware of that. But if I've started off a business where I have no on-premises infrastructure, I need a solution to still back up stuff. And SAS just fits that bill really nicely for me. I think I like that the idea of somebody else taking away that responsibility. And I, and I like the idea that at some point, you can add new features and that doesn't require me to do any work. You know, It used to be that I'd have to upgrade the software every so often, what a what a nightmare. I was gonna use a swear word there, but I, I with, withheld very quickly. <laughs> but it it was it was a lot of you know hassle you would end up you know going through quite a cycle to do that and it's it's good that as a provider you've had to take all those responsibilities on but that gives you a lot more i guess a lot more risk and a lot more stuff you have to manage you know things could go particularly wrong people um nowadays in the ransomware environment will target a backup system because You know delete the backups then you can't recover the data but you've got other things you know you've got to manage that software you've got to be careful not to introduce bugs and everything else that goes with it so you know what's your responsibility in the background there in terms of having to actually make this solution work
2: yeah it's it's interesting because conval has been around for for quite some time right we are tried and tested used in the most sensitive environments you know with government customers and other customers with very sensitive data we have a lot of experience in security. It's not new for us, right? And being able to leverage that experience and, and that perspective and taking our uh, our products and technology into SaaS uh, have really been beneficial to us. Uh, we understand how to deliver secure code. We have processes in place that are documented and audited. We have the mentality that security is is first and foremost on our minds. You know, obviously there, there are two lenses to that, right? One is to your point, how do we make any, our, our, our software our processes, our operations and our service secure from attack itself? And then of course there's the other part, which is you know, how do we complement our customer security posture? How do we help them through things like early detection, limiting blast radius of any kind of breach? How do we help them recover as quickly as possible? You know, how do we introduce new technologies and techniques in here with our unique position in the environment and the customers' environment to kind of help them with that. So to your point, right? I mean that that is uh, the security aspect, you know of course, we are we're leveraging the latest and greatest in our in our approach, right? We have built the, the service uh, from the ground up with a zero trust approach. We have a multi-layer security approach uh, to the way we ensure the uh, sanctity of the, the SaaS environment the infrastructure the storage right sas in itself i mean if you start from zero trust you start with secure software development and then you you have the SaaS delivery mechanism itself right so sas in of itself has that that separation of environment where the sas environment it does not share the same security domain uh, as our customers, so if our customers are attacked, then you know that malware that attack doesn't propagate to our environment. So where you're you you mentioned uh, malware attacking the the data protection services first, you know we're used to that from a from a self deployed software approach, uh, and so we've only built on top of that experience with with SaaS, where customers don't have administrative access to things like you know the cloud storage that we use or the the compute that we've deployed, or, or the networking that we have, right? So inherently, that, that there's a, a an a easier start to securing the service than necessarily uh, even self deployment. Uh, Indu, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, one of the, I mean, ransomware attacks now have been, you know, becoming very sophisticated. And they're also targeting backup systems, right? And this is where SaaS uh, solutions like Metallic help customers, because I think uh, Dave, you touched on it, the ransomware attacks now might be even targeting on-prem backup systems, right? And not only are we providing that uh, separation of security domain, but, you know, we've introduced several layers of security controls on top We're starting with our zero trust principles, right? So zero access privileges, uh, least access privileges based on who needs access to what, uh, ensuring that, you know, we are compliant to all the necessary, latest and greatest compliance standards such as Nest and FIPS and Metallic is one of the, you know, leading industry best uh, in terms of deploying the security controls. And we've demonstrated that with getting through, for example, with our FedRAMP uh, authorization standards that we are uh, in process of achieving uh, for the FedRAMP high standards, which is which has the highest number of security controls that you need to demonstrate 400 plus controls. So all of this uh, really protect our SaaS environment, uh, not only from uh, external attacks, but even from insider threats because you're based on that least access privilege model. So we are really taking strong steps to ensure that our systems and data is uh, extremely fortified.
0: And I just wanted to touch a second on, you know, generally what the SaaS platforms protect, because you mentioned Gov GovCloud, FedRAMP, that sort of thing. And then we'll go back into some of the, de- a bit more of a deep dive into some of those design principles. I think looking at, you know, the sort of things that c- customers want to do, we think a bit might be traditional, Data protection, you know, we want to back something up and recover it quickly. But there's a lot more to it, especially with ransomware nowadays. So, for example, you know, you might find your credentials management tool gets um, compromised. So you need to be able to provide a second, a, a separate backup for things like AD. The storage being separate from the actual platform as well, I think, is a really critical one because customers want that air gap call it logical it's not really physical is it but we know what we mean and then that drops us back into you know things like multi-tenancy and then and then the whole government certification so actually it seems that delivering as a SaaS offering is actually a, a step above you anything you'd be delivering as an on-premises tool it's actually a significant step above that
2: yeah it, it allows us to do a few things and, and it's interesting you touch on those uh, you know obviously ransomware malware is top of mind What's much harder to deal with in many cases is malicious insider, right? And when we start talking about threats and what modern data protection means, the 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 easy button is to kind of try to apply principles like immutability and air gap to modern data protection, but it doesn't really fit, the, the those traditional definitions don't fit the threats today. For instance, immutability was introduced for like SEC 17A-4, right, for financial compliance. Mm-hmm. That in the cloud, what does that mean? right? Even if you set immutability on, on cloud storage, if you delete the subscription, you're going to delete your storage, right? That's not really really what you need. What what you really yeah. need is that, as you touched on, right, that that SaaS separation where the responsibility for, for things is, is separate and proper authentication is, and, and the controls are in place. So, you know, for instance, our M365 data protection, right? We include the storage in it, you can't go and affect the infrastructure underneath. You can't directly address the storage. It's under our control. So should everything be compromised, your data protection solution is still protected. And we ensure those things by going through, our SOC and ISO uh, auditing processes and maintaining those certifications. Uh, And as Indu mentioned, you know, the the FedRAMP controls that we have in place, that's probably the best demonstration of the level of, of capability that we have built in uh, to secure the service. So what you pointed out, Chris, it, it really is about what does modern data protection mean? What are the threats you're addressing today? And what are the things you can do to uh, mitigate those threats, you know, with a SaaS solution?
0: Mm. So in terms of how you then, I mean, I I know that you have, and I think I've taken this from the presentation you did last year you know you have these security design principles which we've sort of gone over already to a certain degree you know things like the security uh, built in the air gapped the audit trail we haven't talked about audit trail we'll come and talk about that in a second encryption and and immutability multi-factor authentication all that sort of thing i think it's it's really interesting that you you're framing it from the point of view of the difference of how you operate something in a SaaS environment to something that's operated in a traditional environment and that's i think something that maybe you know when people are looking at how to select a product they may not really have an idea of you know what their requirements are because these are very different sets of requirements you know it's not all about speeds and feeds anymore it's not all about what platforms can you back up and you know all that sort of stuff that we used to do what platform can i put my agents on and it's it's all about I think a different focus that comes more to, to a business requirement and those are very different aspects to the technology requirements. So you're in a translation layer there, aren't you, between taking your technology and making it sort of map to what businesses actually want. Yeah,
2: that's still certainly important, right? Because if we can't protect it, then we can't secure it. But at the same time, yeah. you're you're absolutely right, right? Like other considerations start coming into play. And I'll tell you, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, we... We never had these kinds of conversations, right? That we're having today. It's not just what you can protect us. How do you protect it once you back it up? I know Indu has these conversations all the time. Is you know, how do we ensure that the service is okay? And there's so much more we could go into, but we can't without a an NDA, of course, right? Those, those absolutely. I can say, I can tell you that we have all the processes in place and they're they're audited and, and documented for our customers to see. But you know, it's it's definitely. Um, it's definitely something that that is top of mind for customers. Mm-hmm. Into what kind of what kind of things are you seeing?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we we have a very robust DevSecOps process, right? And we also have information security policies in place that cover all the security controls, how our services are audited. Um, so that kind of and helps in terms of our compliance as well as helping customers feel secure that they, their data is segregated and uh you know their systems you know our information is not going to be breached whether from external attacks or internal attacks so i mean again when we if we step back a little bit i think there are two aspects to protecting customers data one is in terms of having the platform foundational security built in which is the design principles around multi-factor authentication least privilege access controls just in time uh, access all, all those good uh, security controls that you know we, we have in place. The second aspect also is how do we help customers when we see uh, any attacks in their environments in play? So we have built in anomalous detection capabilities. We recently introduced Threatwise, which we launched uh, last quarter as general availability, which is that early warning detection system. Not only can they identify threats that could be in play, customers by deploying sensors that that can uh, signal as you know bad actors trying to get into customers environment, but we can also put sensors that mimic backup systems for those threats that are trying to you know specifically take down backup systems this becomes crucial in identifying that attacks are in play and then you know we take these back and then kind of help you know lock down uh, whether it's backup copies or provided more guardrails to ensure that data can be recovered and customers environments are protected
0: so it sort of changes the way you're, you're developing all these different things you're telling me and obviously i know you can't go into nda, NDA details and you and, and also you wouldn't want to expose Any details of how you are implementing things, because anything you talk about is potentially an exposure of data that could allow somebody to think about a way of attacking your your systems. But it's clear that there are very important things that go on in the background here from a development perspective. How does that then apply to operationally running this platform from your perspective? You know, that in itself must be equivalently audited and tracked and all that sort of stuff. There's a a whole area around that one as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we have our uh, SRE teams, uh, our site reliability teams that are continuously monitoring our services not only for anomalous behaviors, but also ensuring that uh, they're up and running. You know, we have uh, SLAs that we conform to where we, you know, are, are ensuring that our services and customers' ability to use our services to uh, reach their data is is always on. And this is uh, part of uh, hosting and providing SaaS service. And we have built-in best-in-breed uh, capabilities that can ensure that these services are are always on. And uh, ensuring that access to these services are controlled, uh, any anomalies are are detected, both from um, our internal organizations as well as external threats and providing those insights back to customers. We actually have a, a dashboard built in into our products where customers can see the, the security controls that they have, the posture that uh, they have for their backup environment. It gives them an easy way of you know, enabling additional capabilities. Like for example, if they want to show uh, or have a multi-factor uh, authorization for changing any retention plans, they can allow that with a single click through through the product interface. So, so we have built all these uh, you know, uh, capabilities into our product as well as into our platform. To ensure uh, that customers, we provide the best service to our customers.
0: That's another aspect, which um, you know I was going to ask you about, which is going to be one of the um, I think the, the the questions that I think some everybody probably thinks is well, what stops somebody just ringing up and pretending to be an employee and saying, please delete all my data? But it, you know that area of ransomware, and maybe we shouldn't call it ransomware particularly, but that area of Certainly spoofing or trying phishing and trying to get information out of a company that allows you to get in there, not necessarily to delete the data, but you might want to just get in to try and steal stuff and restore stuff back so you can say you've got copies of that data there's a whole aspect of of that fishing of that um sort of spoofing side you have to cater for as well so you know that as you mentioned dual factor authentication internal threats within the company itself or even within your company you know who's to say that somebody doesn't trying to get themselves employed into Commvault to you know to be able to do this themselves it's it's extremely complex and that, that that's an i think another angle you have to find a way around
1: yeah absolutely uh we have deployed and and are continuously monitoring our systems for any anomalous activities. We use both our internal tools as well as uh, tools from Azure where Metallic is hosted, uh, as well as other third-party tools that can give us those insights in terms of uh, any, any patterns that we see are out of the norm that we can immediately take action upon. And, and we then break these out into severity or criticality of the alerts and, and kind of have a very fast response in terms of how we shut down things. So, and, and the good part about all this is we've built in like layers of security. So, you know, by the time, you know, you can almost think of it like locked uh, our, our data, wrapped it around with like multiple layers that an attacker, whether it's external or internal, has to breach through. And and for every layer, we have alerting, we have uh, anomalous detection capabilities. We are monitoring twenty four seven. So it all that leads us to a very high degree of confidence in terms of our ability to protect customers' data and keep our system safe.
2: And one thing I'll add to that
1: is you know we've talked
2: about things that we know about, Chris. What are the known threats, right? Yeah. And one thing that we we bias towards in design both from security of our service, as well as how we can enhance our customer security, is what are the unknown threats? We actually don't, the ones that we don't know about, right? And how do we we protect against those things? And that's the type of thinking that has gone into the design of the service and the operations, is that how do we ensure that the service is safe should all our protections fail because there's some unknown threat, right? And even say if I, you know if Indu went rogue or I went rogue, right? What would what would happen there internally? You know, to make sure that we have recoverability from those scenarios. And you know, without going into too much detail, that's that's the approach that we've taken to securing the service and helping our customers secure their environments.
0: Yeah, Is is that Donald Rumsfeld who did his known unknowns and unknown unknowns? Is that him? <laughs> I can't remember. I don't remember. but It, it was it was somebody like that, wasn't it? Where <laughs> he says, we, we've got known knowns, unknown knowns, and we don't know about the unknown unknowns or something. But you're right. To a certain degree, you can't know the things that you don't know about that you, you haven't worked out that are coming yet, but you can certainly have a design philosophy that positions you to, to make sure you're doing that in the first place. That makes total sense. So I think we've covered pretty much everything that I can think of in terms of talking about your product and your platform. I think perhaps it's a good opportunity to take your knowledge and your um, expertise in the industry and having done this for so long, just to ask a few questions around how you see things evolving. And probably the first one for me is, this is a bit of a, um, a tongue in cheek one, I think, to a certain degree, you know, do you see any value in these ransomware guarantees that people are offering, you know, I, we'll give you a million, we'll give you 10 million, we'll give you 100 million, if you know, if you have a problem, and then you dig down into them, and you look at it and go, Oh, maybe they'll actually give you money, maybe they'll just give you help, you know, so what's your opinion on that, David?
2: That's a tough one. I think it is, it certainly is attention getting right. At the same time, I think the devil is in the details. And at the end of the day, what is the real damage of a breach that is so broad that, you know, you have to fall back on one of these things? You're really, I think it's, you're better served to look at, are you working with a trusted vendor? Are you working with a vendor who has gone through the efforts of, you know, certification and and gone through the, the basic, is the basic philosophy sound and have you vetted, uh, the customer that that vendors controls and it's all comes down to trust because at the end of the day back to you we don't know what we don't know I mean, is is a ransomware guarantee going to really make you whole at the end of the day don't know right the long-term effects of your business hard to hard to quantify personally jury's still out for me on that uh and do don't know if you have any thoughts on that too
1: yeah i, I would second that right i mean it, it's it's not just giving some guarantee for recovery, but how quickly can you recover is the other aspect. You know, the depending on the type of attack and the other consideration that customers need to think about is has these vendors, have they gone through helped customers, you know, and, and Dave, you said about have they enough controls in place? All these kind of factor in, I mean, attacks are changing, the threat landscape is changing every day. More and more sophisticated attacks are coming in, right? I mean, there's no QRL, like a golden silver bullet for, you know, stopping these attacks, right? It's it's a constantly changing landscape. And they're getting more and more sophisticated. But, you know, uh, there are companies like Comvault, like being you know one of the leading leaders in this pack who are continuously innovating continuously adding capabilities within our product and platform to safeguard against these capabilities and every data protection uh, offering that we have uh, our intent is to help customers be able to recover that's the whole goal of our data protection offering so guarantees in, in some companies might be kind of using them as a way to kind of uh, get some mindshare maybe or or uh, garner some uh thought leadership around that but ultimately i think uh going with a proven vendor that's helped uh customers protect and recover from these attacks who has the all the security controls in place always, uh, who is always who are innovating like uh, metallic and Commvault, that i think that's the way to go
0: i think i'd phrase it in the sense that i think i'd prefer to not have my leg cut off in the first place than have the insurance of a good surgeon who knows how to stitch it back on. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, there are certain things that you absolutely would prefer not to have happen rather than just have the guarantee that they could fix it afterwards. And I think that would be one. So I certainly don't want that to happen to me at any time soon. I, just like I wouldn't want my data to be stolen but where do we think we need to go i mean is there a minimum standard we should expect of vendors in in this instance in terms of the features that they offer in these sort of platforms and do we think there are there are gaps or you know are there are still things to do or what, there's always things to do i guess with the changing world of ransomware like you just said in do that it, you know it evolves anyway so is yeah. there more to do and what should we be expecting as a minimum set of standards
1: yeah so uh, what we see and uh, what our vision is you know uh, recovery and data backup remains the last line of defense, right? So, uh, but we want to shift left a little, shift left and help customers bring together those insights, so that if there are threats in play, you know, then we should be able to help customers contain those and prevent the damage. Oftentimes, you know, the sooner it's detected these these threats or attacks in play, you know, that that greatly reduces uh, several magnitude. Uh, in terms of the damage uh, that uh, that these threats could take uh, on customers' data and environment. So that's that's where we see security and data protection and backups coming together. Uh, We see more and more security teams getting involved in data protection solutions. And we really want to help uh, customers in this journey, help them, you know, as they step back a little bit and, uh work with their cybersecurity teams in terms of protecting their data assets which is their most critical environments and their crown jewels and in that regard we have been innovating we have we have added metallic recovery reserve which is a air gap uh, secu- uh storage uh, cloud solution and it's just not cloud storage but we have layered in our security controls on top of it uh, we've introduced um, launched Threatwise, which is an early detection system that can uh, infl- uh, if, if it can populate customers' environment with these sensors that can provide those signaling. So all of these are kind of helping um, not only uh, data protection remains relevant, but also more and more kind of helping uh, customers in their Uber security posture and ensuring their uh, data and assets are protected and and sending also sending this information over to whatever third-party systems that they might be using whether they're using uh, SIM or soar platforms then we can send those alerts into those systems uh, and and uh, leverage them as well back to your point
2: chris you'd rather you'd rather not have your leg cut off first right it's the same shift left right let's let's not have to recover everything, the fastest way to uh, for recovery is to not have to recover it, right. And that's about early detection and warning and forensics uh, to point.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's where I can see companies like yourselves heading, not flipping and suddenly deciding that all you ever do is security, but actually adding that relationship with security companies, you know, increasing that ability to prevent rather than actually just recover. And the more you can get to prevention, um rather than you know having to go through a recovery stage the better off you are for the customer because the customer is in a better position that way so i i think that's enti- that entirely makes sense so uh, if people would like to go and learn a bit a little bit more about metallic itself where should we um head them over to i think i know the website but i'm going to let you tell me just to make sure i don't make any mistakes absolutely
2: head on over to metallic.io um, there's a ton of information there. you can sign up for a trial. there's there are TCO calculators. Um, it's really the, the hub of all of all things metallic.
1: Yeah and, there, and there's also a trust center which talks about our some of our compliance certifications that we have in place, how we take uh, how we're built in uh, at a high level in terms of securing uh, secure design principles that, uh, that are fundamental to us talks about our GDPR, how, how we meet GDPR requirements. Uh, so there's a wealth of information there that uh, that's uh, good reading.
0: Perfect. And I'll point people to I think it was tech field, or a cloud field day 13, I believe that you presented at. I'll point people to the videos of that too, in the show notes, because I think it's worth going back and seeing those presentations that formed the discussion that we've we've had today. And what sparked that and the level of detail that's in that presentation, I think that's really helpful. But For now, David Indu, thank you very very much for your time. Great to catch up with you, and look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Chris. Thanks.